I love that little intro. It's so cute. I don't want to grow up either. It's not that bad. <laughs> so today we're continuing our series, Faith of a Child. We're going to dive into what it's like to have God as a refuge for us. So in my 20s, I applied to my dream job. It was perfect. It was a well-known company, established brand, good benefits, great salary, and it was a really cool job. So after my first round of interviews, my friend Melissa, who had the inside scoop because she worked there, called me up and she said, Kristen, and I was like, yes, because I knew I nailed it, right? She's like, they liked you, but, but, you were a little too much. Me? You were a little too friendly, too perky, too cheerful. Oh, okay, I really wanted the job. I can change. I can be serious, Kristen. 2.0 Kristen is coming in. Round two interviews, nailed it. Accepted, accepted the job, and two weeks later, I was on staff. After a few weeks, I began to notice this dream job might not really be on the dream team. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this, but the culture that I was going into, one where I thought it would be this thriving, friendly environment, was a culture of distrust. The management, they were always looking for us to make any kind of mistake. Perfection was accepted and required. And even as employees, we started turning on each other. We would throw each other under the bus just so that we didn't get in trouble. The animosity run thick. It became this culture of fear, and I was becoming even less cheerful and less cheery and less me. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that, something that was supposed to be more of a refuge, where it became more of an insecurity. I was told I wasn't good enough. I told I wasn't doing enough. I told I wasn't enough. When I left that job, my anxiety was pretty high, and my confidence was pretty low. Maybe it feels like I was at your workplace last week, or maybe it's been a different environment. Maybe it's been school, or home, or a team, or even a past church, where a place that was supposed to be your refuge was a place of insecurity. Today we're gonna to look at what it means to have God as our refuge, what that looks like through the eyes of a child, what that looks like to be in a loving and caring and secure place. So let's go ahead and turn to our scripture today. We're journeying back into the Old Testament, into the book of Psalms. Today we're looking at Psalm 46. Listen, friends, for the word of God. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. 
Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, God of our refuge. The book of Psalms contains 150 songs, and they're more like songs or poems. Many of them are attributed to King David because a lot of them have to deal with his life. This psalm actually isn't. If you look at the top of your Bible, it's going to say of the Korites. They were high temple singers, so they would have sung this psalm. You're welcome for not singing it for you guys. And you would have sat there in praise and adoration. Scholar Walter Brueggemann says there's three different types of psalms. Yes, the psalms of adoration and praise, those are orientation. There's also disorientation, ones of anger and distrust and guilt and reorientation when we're turning ourselves back to God. They are all a beautiful range of emotions. If you haven't dived into the Psalms, I would highly recommend it. But in this one, we are praising God as our refuge. Listen to these first three verses again. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Present. God is with us right now in whatever troubles we have. The earth should not change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea. God knows that it can be tough out there. There's pandemics, there's war, there's floods, there's tough relationships, there's daily lives where we can see that trouble. But God does not change. He's continuously our refuge and strength. So is God as our refuge What can that look like? We know it doesn't look like the team that I was on. We know that God is not the God who distrusts us. He's not the God that we should fear. So what what does that look like? And I'd like to take a look at that through the lens of a child. So last week was my youngest daughter, Nora's, dance recital. I know, she's adorable. I'm not biased or anything. And it was... So much fun. And I was in amazement and awe at these tiny dancers. They were all ages around four to 10 years old. And we weren't at a school auditorium. We were at the Eisman Performance Center. This was a hall that sat up to 400 seats and most of them were filled. There was lights and stage and curtains. And these dancers were so brave. They came to show us who they were. Now, some of them were a little serious. They made sure that they were getting their steps down. Oh, and they had those. The others, less concerned about steps, more concerned about the smiles, making sure the audience saw their pearly whites. And the others wanted to make sure their family saw them. There was a lot of, hi, mom and dad, hi, hi, hi. But these kids were out there thriving. And I thought, how? As adults, 
are we this brave? As adults, if you told me, you know what, in 10 months, you're gonna learn a new skill, in front of 400 people, you're gonna get up on stage and like do a little hip hop dance. I don't know if I would be that brave. I mean, my kitchen moves are real good, but doing it in front of y'all, that is a different story. So I sat back to ponder, how are these kids so courageous? And it was the difference between that team I was on and the environment that this studio cares for them. This studio has been around for 25 years with the same owner, Miss Brenda. Miss Brenda is loving, compassionate, and caring. She knows each of those children by name. They do not look for errors and mistakes within those children. They look to pick them up when they fall. They look to hug them when they're scared or sad. They look to help them grow into the best people that God created them to be. It is a place of refuge for these children. And God, when we look at the image of God as the most loving caretaker, this is what we can imagine God wants to do for each of us as well. When we have fallen, he will pick us up. When we are scared, God is there to embrace us. God wants us to be the best version of who he's created us to be. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus tells the disciples, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God didn't come to give us a scarce life. God came, Jesus came to give us an abundant life. In the book of Matthew, there's a story about Jesus walking on water, and he's walking over to a boat of disciples. And Peter sees him far off in the distance, and Peter does as Peter does, and he's like, tell me to come out. I want to come see you, Jesus. And so Jesus says, come on out. I'm going to read a little bit about what happens next. This is Matthew 14, 22. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed a strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Has that ever happened to y'all? Have you ever felt like you could do something, and then a strong wind came by, and you got scared? And then you cried out, Lord, save me. Listen what Jesus does next. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus didn't say, now Peter, he does a little bit in a second, but right now, before he saves him, he says, Peter, you know, what, what happened here? He picks him up first. He reaches out to save him. And then he asks him a question so he can reflect more about what this meant. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? Now, I know some people can see that as a reprimand, like, you have little faith. I think Jesus is inviting Peter to examine what the fear did to him and how he can transform that fear into more 
trust in Jesus. Peter's story goes on, and he is an imperfect disciple, but a great story for us. His heart is for Jesus. Jesus knows that. That is why he becomes the rock of the church, the rock of our church. And we are the church here at Christ United. We are part of the body of Christ. And as part of the body of Christ, we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We are, we are called to seek refuge in God, but we are also called to be a refuge for each other. We are called to be a place of safety and love and acceptance. We are called to know each one of us by name, and not just between these walls, but out in the world. We are to be the refuge for the world. So as we go out today and continue our week, let us remember to seek our trust and security in God as our refuge, and let us be the refuge for each other. Amen.